Hello and welcome to another edition of Flashpoint. I'm your host, Ryan Mills. Since 1987, the month of March has been dedicated to celebrating and remembering the extraordinary achievements in history of women. As Pink Petro notes in their manifesto, the terms women and energy historically have not gone together. Yet women are projected to account for 185,000 of the total job opportunities in the oil and gas sector through 2030, according to the American Petroleum Institute. Here to discuss the rapid growth of women in energy is Katie Maynard, founder and CEO of Pink Petro, a global social media and learning platform created for women professionals in the energy industry. Katie, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having us. Katie, how about starting off by telling our listeners a little bit about your background? How did you come to found Pink Petro? So I've spent a number of years in the oil and gas industry. I first, actually prior to big oil, worked in the energy trading business and in retail, so in power and power distribution and power trading. I actually worked for the Crooked E, good old Enron, no longer around. Um, but that started my career there and then moved into retail and then moved into uh, into oil and gas, working for Shell and then ultimately BP in roles in health and safety and a lot of change management, globalization, those kinds of those kinds of things. And then I started Pink Petro. So what is the mission of Pink Petro? What are some of the tactics and resources you're using to reach women in the energy sector? And uh, could you talk a little bit about your Her World Global Energy Forum that you're hosting? Sure. So first of all, Pink Petro is a global community of energy leaders and what I like to call disruptors. So these are people who are committed to busting that diversity gap that we have and creating a new inclusive future for energy. Um, what does that mean? You know, what that means is we need women, we need men, we need minorities, we need veterans, we need everyone at this table if we're going to solve this energy challenge. Um, and some of the tactics, so we connect, uh, educate, engage, and inspire in kind of four areas. We have a community online, uh, a closed community, and an external community where we share uh, peer share uh, learning and thought capital on the industry and how to how to actually uh, get more women into the industry and engaged. We also have a careers uh, platform called Experience Energy. Uh, this is all about helping um, individuals who are interested in energy get involved, but then also helping companies to build inclusive workforces. We've got uh, our experiences, which her world is one of them, so thank you for um, asking about that. So we really believe that movements require more than kind of your typical breakfast club cocktails and hors d'oeuvres, right? Our big thing uh, where I think we kind of rock, rock, right, is content and digital. We're not afraid to be social. So we, we leverage social media and the digital revolution to help elevate uh, the talent that's uh, working in it. And we try to bring outside perspectives into um, into what we do. So at Herald this year, some of the amazing folks that we have kind of coming in, we've got Dr. Jen Welter, who was the first NFL uh, female coach of the Arizona Cardinals. She was a coach uh, for them. She's gonna come speak about her book, Playing Big. I thought that the oil and gas industry was uh, last in terms of representation, but I have to believe that sports and football are is probably last. So um, we've got a number of other speakers coming in from uh, across the world. We've got some folks coming in from Europe, and our theme this year is grit, uh, growth, resilience, 
innovation and transition in a transparent world. So it's going to be March 7th to 8th. It'll be in Houston and in Denver live. And then we've got about 40 sites worldwide that will be uh, plugged in via live stream. That sounds like a fantastic event. What are some of the biggest opportunities and greatest challenges that women face in the oil and gas industry? And I'll ask the same question with regards to opportunities and challenges that corporations face in growing their female workforce. I think I'll start first with really I, I kind of see these as opportunities and challenges. So for us in the oil and gas industry, we need more uh talent at the table. I remember in the 80s when I was growing up, my father was working in industry during the big bust, and there were a number of people who didn't study to become uh, engineers and geologists and and scientists, you know, to be a part of the industry because they saw um, the commodities uh, market, you know, hit rock bottom. If you fast forward to the last few years, we've seen the same drop-off. If anything, we've seen more senior people leaving the industry, this crew change that everybody's been talking about since I started, actually happening. So we have a lot of retirements, right? We've got a lot of talent that's leaving, and there's a shortage, I think, right behind it. Many people would argue today that because of the current, you know, the lower price environment that uh, the jobs are just not there. Um, several years ago, I was kind of looking forward and I thought, you know, if we have a massive downturn, I really think that the, we're going to see a lot of professionals leave the industry and that is going to leave a shortage. So my prediction, irrespective of all the data you put out there, this is just my Katie Maynard opinion, is that that's going to represent a, uh, an opportunity for women, minorities, and, and veterans and other um People, because if you look at where we are today in the world of work, uh, it's more diverse. We have more women graduating today than ever, right? So it's important that we harness that talent and give that talent um, a place to go where they can be um, engaged, where they can uh, do great work. And obviously, the oil and gas industry and the energy industry is a fascinating place to work. So I think there's opportunity, and I also think there's obviously some um, some gaps, but we think that Petro helps to elevate the industry and make sure that we uh, promote what opportunities exist so that those groups can get engaged. Katie, you talk about elevating the industry. Uh, does Pink Petro engage in any advocacy on behalf of our industries? Uh, what are some of the examples, if so? You know, I think I think the best way to describe uh, what you know what we do is we elevate the talent that powers our world. Um, and to me, that's advocacy. Um, to me, that's um, that's taking to light and sharing um, with people, putting a human face on what we do. So long ago, I used to work offshore and in plants all over the world. Um, nobody really cared about oil and gas. Nobody cared about where their gasoline came from. Nobody cared about um, plastics. Nobody cared about um, medicines, right? except that we take those things for granted, right? We want those things um, when we're sick. We we need our iPads and iPods to get information, right? Um, so what we do is, I think we do a, a fair bit of advocacy on behalf of the industry. We talk about what we do, we humanize what we do, and we try and engage with the public at large about becoming a part of that, because it's an important part of, of our journey. You know, the energy mix, 
and the energy transition is on. Nobody doubts that. Uh, but obviously, oil and natural gas are forms that have powered us into the modern age, and they'll pow- power us into the alternative age. And I know you. So I know you were personally impacted by Hurricane Harvey. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about your experience and also what you learned about our industry's impact on the U.S. and global economy? So it's a great question. Um, about six months ago. Powerful hurricanes battered the coastlines of Florida to Texas to the Virgin Islands to Puerto Rico. In fact, Puerto Rico is still um, dealing with the effects of, uh, of the loss of the power grid. And I think we all realized something um, we've always known but never really thought about, and that is power is everything. So I was in my home in the energy corridor when this was happening, and luckily we had power, we had Facebook. Those were the things that helped connect um, people to resources. Um, as the water rose in Houston, um, the local authorities, it was obvious that they were not able to handle the demand uh, of the need of folks that were you know, being flooded. So many of us were turning to each other to help you know, shepherd those resources. Um, sadly, I was a victim myself of the massive flooding once the reservoirs were opened uh, up on the west side, my home, my cars, my my business, uh, the whole neighborhood had to be sacrificed to save dozens of others in Houston. But what I've learned in this process is, is that the infrastructure of our country, right, um, energy, the transportation system, right, roads, our infrastructure, the support system we lean in on for survival was compromised. But that's a huge opportunity because now we have the chance to rebuild we have an opportunity to do that in a way that's going to make all of our systems and structures and networkers, networks uh, stronger than ever. But I think we still need uh, more of one very important thing, and that is diversity. So that's why I have a huge appreciation uh, for the experience I, I had to go through. But it's only, um, uh, I guess, elevated me into a position where now I, I think we need now diversity more than ever to help drive that, that change and drive uh, you know, the rebuilding of our infrastructure in our country. And quite frankly, that's something we need that powers our our economy here in America and abroad. Well, Katie, thanks so much for joining me today. It's been a fantastic conversation. Thank you.